Welcome, listeners, to Dark Tides, a weekly improvised audio drama series. I've been calling it a paranormal actual actual play. play. That was the new one. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like different things. I don't like change. I don't like new. Justin wants to go back to season one when everything was happy and innocent and all we had to deal with was missing people. Yep. Yep. I am your host, show creator, and narrator, or really. With me, you've already heard the discontented Chester. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, the discordant BJ. <laughs> I was going to say the placating BJ. But, uh, Ooh, yeah. okay. Hello, everyone. My name is BJ Ingate, and I play Alistair Stern, <laughs> local Boy Scout. Local Boy Scout? Yeah, short order boy. Uh, right. Short hair. Like He's got hair. It's loves going milk. On. Loves, loves some milks, not all milks. This is how much Chester actually like retains <laughs> of BJ's character. Yeah. Uh, almond milk? Uh, Ooh, good question, actually. Up, what was... Well, I mean, chocolate milk, but I guess we haven't... Establish whether is there he likes almond chocolate milk. There would be, I'm sure. I bet there would be. It's Maybe like, that's something that he like needs to bucks. try. <laughs> yeah, normal chocolate milk's very expensive. Tried it once and he's like, my my income from Tier is not enough. I mean, <laughs> does Alistair get paid by Tier, or does he pay Tier? No, no, he's a he's effectively an apprentice. He gets yeah. paid, but he also like gets bored, minimum so wage. he wouldn't get yeah. much. Mm. Minimum wage. Anyway, my name is Chester Lydon. I play Ernest Marsh, back from the dead, with a weird nose and a bad haircut. The nose was for half a second. He was a nice person for most of the time. Then he kind of got grumpy for a few episodes, and now he's nice again. And all it took was dying. Hi, everyone. If this is your first time listening to the show... It's not. (laughs) Please go back to the beginning, or at least the beginning of season two, because jumping in here... It's just not a good... Just don't do it. We're not good at looking after new listeners. Not my job. Anyway, back to my real character, I have a fun fact. Whoa. Because in the last episode, I I believe I presented part one in a Alistair Stern fun fact series. Oh, it's not fair because BJ's editing that episode, so he knows all the ins and outs and Ooh, details. yeah. And this week is part two. Whoa. So last week we talked about, like, the, the origin story of Alistair's, uh, you know, sick skills of defending himself um, because I had to figure out a way to make that canonically make sense without him ever really having trained in martial arts until he went to tier. Uh, so part two, right? When when he'd finished school, when he graduated school, you know, the, the people who were trying to steal his lunch, this group of, like, friends slash bullies, they kind of became friends with each other and bonded <laughs> through, through trying to bully Alistair and failing. They So one time they're like, all right, we're going to graduate. We need to We need to do this once and for all. And so they concocted this plan and they were going to corner Alistair in an alleyway mm-hmm. and, like, block off both ends, slowly close in and, like, steal his wallet or something. It wasn't about the money. They probably would have given it, given it back. It was just the pride at this point. They're like, we have to beat him before we finish school. So anyway, Alistair was aware this was going to happen. How? He was aware. <laughs> <laughs> He's He knows everything. He's a researcher. He's, like, asked one of them <laughs> or something. He was on Reddit. He's like, hey, man, are you planning to ambush me tomorrow? Yeah, no, maybe. So anyway, he, like, gets cornered in the alleyway and he's like, well, I guess this is it. And as they rush him, he, like, dives to the side and goes through a trap door in, like, one of the shop, like, backs of the shop or something. Like, locks it behind him, has this elaborate fire escape thing, ends up on the roof above them and, like, laughs and runs away. And there's, like, this epic gang war moment where Alistair manages to outsmart, like, five teenagers. And and they they never they never did it again. Because, hmm. you know, the next day they graduated and that was the end of that. Hmm. So Alistair has this one thing that 
really none of them remember. <laughs> Neither does he, but that, that was his crowning moment. I think Alistair nice. as a character has now jumped the shark. Well, you're not ready for mine then. Ernest <laughs> was once nearly arrested oh. when he was 14 years old. So he was seeing his granddad. It was one of the few times he did get to see his granddad. And That's his granddad nice. was moving his boat. His boat was one of the ones that was like connected on a trolley to the back of a ute type of thing. It was one of those big ones, white, onboard motor at the back. It's like expensive. four or five meters long type of thing. It wasn't like super expensive. It was like one of those cream-colored older ones. And he was moving it, and he asked Ernest, like, hey, can you like reverse the car a little bit? I'll stand back here to make sure you don't miss anything. <laughs> so Ernest is like, sure, man. Uh, okay. Gets in the car. And I was like, Ooh. gets into reverse and is backing up, backing up, crashes it into the side of the shed, like immediately. As his granddad's like, no, no, no. And so I was like, okay, you stand here and watch it. You can't mess that up. I'll reverse it. And so he gets in the car. Ernest is standing there. He's like, I can't really see from up here. <laughs> so he goes and climbs into it. And as he's climbing into it, he's climbing over the front. He accidentally kicks a part of the you know the, the metal frame oh, as he's getting no. up yeah. and he's standing on the top of it looking down it's like yep yep you're good and so it starts to go and he starts to reverse it and it clonks off the little back piece that it's connected to because Ernest kicked out the little little holder bit <laughs> and it starts to slowly move backwards and Ernest sees as it's slowly going down the driveway it's like wait Wait, the Ute's back there. And then you see his granddad getting out and like throwing his hands in the air, like, what's going What? And Ernest started coasting down the street, picking up more and more and more speed as he's heading downhill. Because his granddad lived towards the top of the, the town, which was up towards the top of the hills, because it's quite a hilly area. So he just starts to coast down this street. And there's just cars like rearing around trying to avoid him as he's just swinging past he's panicking as he's just like bulleting down this hill and then eventually collides with a car at the bottom that was parked police are called he's in trouble and that is the reason he doesn't get motion sick on boats he just gets anxious on boats it's memories it's flashbacks it's flashbacks wow and so there's a whole thing of just like why were you on there it's like, oh, it was my grand. No, it wasn't my granddad. Uh, it was, it was my choice. Uh, this was, this accident was my choice. It was my, it was me. I did it. Yeah, you've both jumped the shark. These characters are no longer realistic or relatable in any way, shape, or form. You did this. You like clicked the car out of the um, into reverse and started coasting down a hill, and Dad had to chase after the car to sw- like pull on the handbrake. See, realism. But I was a toddler. Yeah. And what's Alan Earth going to do? That's different. There aren't brakes on a boat. <laughs> Checkmate, Aubrey. Start the episode. Um, actually, before we start the episode, I want to give a shout out Ooh. to a podcast that I've been uh, hugely enjoying. Check out The Endless Ocean. Uh, it's a wonderful podcast made by The Fool's Gallery. It is a sort of short form, 15 to 20 minute short story audio drama series. It's not actual play like ours. It's not improvised. Um, but it's a really well put together fantasy story about exploring um, the endless ocean. And so it's kind of nautical themed adventure. It's uh, really gripping with some incredibly fun adventures and really memorable characters. So I highly recommend you check them out. That is the endless ocean. You can find them pretty much everywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks, Aubrey. Last week we saw Ernest's new digs. Uh, he is setting himself up as sort of a private investigator consultant 
consultant problem solver for the supernatural and the weird and he very quickly got asked to do a favor uh, which was essentially to catch someone stealing equipment from a burger shack giant bat swooped in stole their bait which was jeremy's beloved sloping machine did we say what the name of jeremy's like, it, place is yes yeah i think Hill, it was hillbillies hillbillies burger shack yeah. or burger emporium i forget and you managed to rescue jeremy from clinging onto the side yeah we did you i think you got a tracking device yeah, or your phone, phone which has like find my phone on it yeah you, <laughs> find my bat you like duct taped your phone to the to the machine and you were also joined by a new addition a child superhero cosplayer something yeah so we're gonna pick up there <laughs> mr pop <laughs> It is early evening in the archipelago of Hookbar. The island is peaceful, wind rustles through the treetops, and the moon shines brightly as an owl hoots. In the town of Port Staples, families are settling down to watch movies, put the kids to bed, or begin poker night. Meanwhile, Ernest Marsh, Alistair Stern, Jeremy Bartlett, and your new acquaintance, the child hero Mighty Duck, are in hot pursuit of a giant bat who has absconded with Jeremy's beloved sloping machine. Get it away! Get it away! Bring up this monitor. Speed up. In the glove box. Glove box. Bring up the monitor. I can't see it from where I am. I can't see it. How am I supposed to know where I'm driving? I'm not panicking. I'm just trying to get some direction. Is this bloody place had 4G? Do I take a left up here or I keep going? You are peering through the windshield, trying to keep track of where the bat is moving, but it's a large dark shape against the sky, and it is moving much faster than you. Ernest's tone is going to change slightly, and if you look over, he's looking a little shady. It's like, oh yeah, I'll find the GPS. Alistair, can you close the window? It's really cold. Yeah, I can close the window. It's not motorized. I mean... Okay. Yeah. No, it's not mine, it's in yours. Oh, my... Okay, yeah, yeah, I closed my window, yeah. Uh, so then go hit play on your tape recorder. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, what? No. What has, uh, what do you think that Mayor Stern has been listening to? It's gonna be, oh, yeah, that's it's a gonna really be good a 50 50 roll, whether it's Alistair's tape okay, or Okay, all right. It's... Right, 50. Um, uh, odds, odds it's Mayor Stern's, yeah. evens it's Alistair's. It's even, so it's Alistair's tape. Yeah! <laughs> it's like, okay, so I just need you to, like, bring up the. Ernest, what have you done? Try and throw it out this time. <laughs> what is going on? I don't understand. So some some very Are we still chasing the bat or not? Some very serene, calm, uh, Spanish acoustic guitar music starts playing. And I start snapping away to it. Uh, for the first time in his life, Alistair looks like he almost has some colour in his cheeks. <laughs> You're not sure if that's just exhaustion or embarrassment? I mean, it's hard to tell. Oh, this is like the music my grandma plays. Um, yeah. N okay. So anyway, are we still chasing this bat? Uh, yeah, it's, good. Uh, it's a good beat. It's a good beat. No, it's like, like it. you just notice as soon as it starts playing. 
even Alistair realizes he like you can see he's about to protest, but he realizes the calming effect it's having on everyone in the car, and he's like. See, see, everyone's nice and calm now. Jeremy is softly weeping. Yeah. Jer- 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 Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to get fired. Jer- I don't think you can machine. get fired. Uh, hey, Ernest. Um, I don't think, the, I don't think you can Am I going to take a left up here? Oh, yeah, the GPS. <laughs> so I turn back to Alistair's phone, which is displaying Find My Phone on for Ernest. And he like, clicks the button and like, Yours is an Android. It doesn't have Find My Phone. <laughs> Okay, we've got to follow the rope then. The backup plan of the rope. Okay, great. Um, check right. Okay. Uh, all right. Alistair Make a... pulls on right. the handbrake, screeches to the right, like off onto another road. One of you make a tracking, either an animal or a tracking. Uh, I'll let you do that because I'm focusing on driving. I must have some. Chester, where is your character sheet? <laughs> the silence. I got seven. Tracking's plus two bonus? Alright, nine. That's a, That's a success. You can tell that it's heading around the side of this little kind of ridge and it's heading uh, actually kind of out towards the port. So as you are speeding after it, uh, Alistair puts on a burst of speed um, and you clear sort of uh, the line of the trees near the town and you are heading for the port. You begin to uh, take a turn to the right as you get to this sort of the rise in the hill. You take a turn to the right to where the road starts to wind down to the actual docks. Uh, and you can see as you clear the trees, the bat picks up um, momentum and starts flying out over the water. With your nine, you can see that you uh, it seems to be making a beeline for the closest island, uh, which I think both of you would know is Akron Island, um, which sort of resides almost within the curl of Hookbar's shape. For listeners, we have a digital map up on our social media and stuff. You can have a look. Ernst is going to look at, as we kind of trundle up to the, the dock, and he's going to open the car door and stand out and, like, rest his chin on the, the car door. It's like, guys, it's, go- it's going on the water. Uh, and he's going to look, like, down at the group. Is like, that's a problem. Okay. Uh, uh, so, Aubrey... Does Alistair, yep. would Alistair have any contacts in the fishing captains or something? Because I don't know how close this is to Marv's boat, so I don't know if there's a point calling Marv. Mm, make a perception check for me. Okay. Five. Do you have any pluses to perception type stuff? I don't know. Scavenging, tinkering, computer self-defense, sneaking, lockpicking, vehicle handling. <laughs> Paranormal. We could steal one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You are, you are like standing knows. hands on hips, uh, like looking up and down the row of boats. Uh, the both of you are like standing there looking up and down the row of boats going like which one could we steal what might be the easiest one to to get to directly behind you like you're in the foreground in the background uh, like sitting on a wall around the docks uh, there's about four or five ships captains um, (laughs) all all kind of you know with with, uh, bottles of beer and stuff and Marv is in the middle of them and they are playing hopscotch Uh, and so you can see like uh, Marv with a beer in one hand throws and he's like all right, one, two, buckle my shoe. Ah, damn it. And he's like, as you're going, all right, I think that one's going to be the easiest one to break. And he goes, hey, Allie. Marv? Yeah, boy, it's me. Marv! Come on, come get in on this game. I'm no, no, bad hold on. at hopscotch. Hey, Marv, is your boat here? Uh, Yeah, it's just down there. Oh, it points to sick. the Sheila. Hey, uh, long story involves a bat. Can we... 
take it. Unless maybe he's in the background running up out? to it and getting into it and like helping Mighty Duck into Jeremy it. Jeremy is still weeping and, and running along with you. He's like, I'm in so much trouble. Um, and Mom's like, yeah. Is it Halloween? Why is that? Are you trick-or-treating? Uh, not quite, Marv. We need to get to Akron Island as like a matter of priority. I rolled a 12. You hear it starting up. <laughs> Marv left the keys in. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. I always forget to take them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got to... Like, you can come. Yeah, Akron's a bit of a tricky one. Uh, big boats are hard to get in. I can drop you off pretty close. Uh, yeah, I better come. Okay. He turns around have, to the other captain. He's like, "Do you have uh, a launch or something?" A what? A launch? I don't know what that is. It's a small boat, Marv, that we can take in. Oh, you mean a dinghy? Yeah, I got a dinghy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And he turns around to the captain. He's like, "All right, fellas, I have an emergency uh, to run. It's not because I'm losing, and my money better still be in the pot when I come back." Davo, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Starts backing away. Oh, As his like I, points out the window, it's like. You've left your post, Davo. Davo Senior. No, no, no. <laughs> Damo is. Oh no, it is Davo. Sorry, I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah, okay, Ernest just pokes his head down. It's like Davo. Okay, wrong Davo. Sticks his head back in. There's a lot. Uh, as you're like walking towards the boat, Marv puts an arm around. He's like, oh, "Thanks for that. I was, I was doing so badly there. I was losing all my money." <laughs> I've told you, Marv. I've told you so many times. Hot, uh, hopscotch is not your game. Yep, okay, hopscotch is a young man's Stick to game. Poker and blackjack. <laughs> I'm not very good at those either. <laughs> Do you know what I'm really good at? Tic-tac-toe. You all pile into the boat and Marv, who has been drinking, uh, puts the engines in reverse, starts backing out into... Uh, okay, Alistair got some of his tools from the car, but not all of them. You you start heading out into the water. You can see the lighthouse um, is in service. It is flashing. By the way, uh, the lighthouse in the archipelago of Hookbar is the last manned lighthouse in the world. Oh, pretty much every other lighthouse in the world is uh, an automated one now. Because are we going to have a boss battle with a mad lighthouse keeper? At or some point, probably. Uh, two, although the the inhabitants of the archipelago do not know that that is the case, <laughs> they don't know that they are normally automated. They think that it's still normal to have a person live on the rock. Oh, that's great. Okay, uh, Ernest rolled a seven, so he's thrown up in his mouth. But he swallowed it. Nice. Uh, all right, so let's just paint the scene for a minute. Marv is up on the top. Uh, Top deck, sort of chugging along. I assume Alistair is probably up there with him. Yeah, with some kind of scanning equipment. You're you're looking for the yeah. You're trying to keep an eye out. You're trying to find where the bat might have gone because you don't like know if it's gone to the island, especially dishes with like oh, yeah. headphones and stuff. He's like trying to listen for the echolocation of the bat. Meanwhile, bit like, to the left. That's good. Yep. Keep on that heading. Meanwhile, in the back, uh, at the very back of the boat, there's sort of like a um, a little bench for for sitting. And you have Jeremy, Ernest, and Mighty Duck. Yep. And as you are like physically trying to keep yourself, Ernest sick, is, yeah. Mighty Duck um, starts going through the pocket of her overalls and she starts pulling out. This one is an antacid, if you would like that. Or I have some Baraka. Ernest is like holding the bridge Aspirin? of his nose and like looking at the ground and like barely paying attention. She's like, maybe some water. Yeah. Look, I'm only trying to help. I should probably go talk to your friend because I can find the bat and I don't think his thing is going to find it. Ernest like, looks up and looks at her. It's like, we've lost it! Ernest, Ernest looks up and looks at her. like, you can find the bat? Oh yeah, I can do anything a duck can do. A duck can find a bat? You can do everything a duck can do? I can do everything a duck can do, except fly. I can't fly. But I can do this. And she stands on the back of the boat and she pulls out of the pocket her duck call and yeah. starts and starts blowing. <laughs> Within a couple of minutes, uh, 
ducks start landing on the back of the boat <laughs> and she starts quacking to them. <laughs> and she's going, quack, 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 quack. And she's like gesturing to the island. Uh, and one by one, the ducks start to take off. And she goes, don't worry, they'll find them. Now we just follow the ducks. Uh, th- thanks. Uh-huh. Thanks, I That's guess. That's what I'm here for. Mom, follow that duck. <laughs> the ship, like... like Careens uh, over like 45 degrees. I was to like, says, I wish that was the first time someone had told me to do that. Gosh, the Navy was shocking. You're going to have to tell me that story sometime, Marv. Yeah, definitely not. This is going to pat Jeremy on the back. I was going to look at him. He's like, You all right, Jeremy? I've been doing some thinking. I've been doing some, some soul searching, man. And you know what? This might not the be the end of the five world. Minutes? Yes. Um, I've realized that I'm my life has, has fallen to pieces so many times in like the last couple of years. That this is just normal now. This is just what my life is. My life is one series of catastrophes after another, and I can't control anything. So, it's fine. I'm fine. This is fine. It's like scratches his head thinking about the fact that it took him two years to basically do the same thing that Jeremy has done in five minutes. And it's kind of like, patch him on the show. I was like, well, if it makes you feel better, I don't think you can be fired. No, I was thinking about that, man, and I kind of know where all of their shady stuff happens and, like, where they get their oil from. So if they find me, they'd probably have to kill me, and I hope they wouldn't do that. See, here's the probably best not to tell them the fact that you know those types of things. Well, here's the thing. Um, Quinn is, like, real smart, mm-hmm. um, he is, yeah. and he seems to, like, keep track of basically everything, mm-hmm. and Dex is insane, so, between the two of them... I mean, look, Dex is a lot less insane than he used to be, uh, but he does Muay Thai now, and that's worse. Marv begins to draw closer to Akron Island. You can see as you approach... Uh, this is one of the smaller islands in the archipelago. It might actually be the smallest island apart from shink uh the the island off of shink cove and the lighthouse rock uh this is probably the smallest and it is uninhabited and for good reason as you get there uh, you can see the numerous rocks and uh sort of almost like a reef uh that is just underneath the water surface preventing uh big and medium-sized boats from getting close not sure. an issue for small skiffs and these sort of things, yeah. Um, but for big boats, this is why it's never been um, colonized. Essentially, is it? Has it got grass growing on it, or is it just? It rocky? is a densely, densely forested. Oh, island. nice! Uh, the trees grow almost right to the shore. There's no beach or anything. Uh, Mighty Duck. I'm not going to ask your actual name because that goes against the whole superhero thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, you're a child. Yep. Uh, just concerned about. Uh, you know, it looks at the the, the dangerous like, island with a bat, and it's like, don't want to be that guy. Then but, would don't your, be. but would your parents be okay with me laying you onto this island? Um, you would have to ask them separately, but yes. My parents know that I'm out here. This is fine. Do they know you're out here or out in the streets? Uh, the streets, but I would consider this as being part of my duty as a hero. But what about you? Would your parents be okay with you being out here? This seems kind of dangerous. Ernest turns back to him and I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, they think I'm dead, so I don't think they think much about it. Oh, that sounds yeah. kind of sad. Oh, it's, you know, more of like a superhero thing. Do they know? forget to send you, like, birthday presents? When was the last time you had a hug? And she like, goes Aww. to kind of give you a hug, but she's, like, short enough that it's really just, like, her arms are kind of, like, around your middle. And it's like, pats her on the shoulder. I was like, 
No, no, you gotta, you gotta relax. Let me in, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can feel how tense you are. <laughs> He's gonna like pick her up. Don't worry, and, we'll like, be great. Put her on his shoulders and like. Okay, uh, I'd like to roll again just to see if there's any extra useful equipment we could load into the dinghy before we yeah, head sure. off. Yeah, uh, sure. That's a four. Alistair, stop grabbing things. Let's just go. You're right. And I put down a, a sink. <laughs> like a set of forks with camping. no knives. <laughs> an oxygen tank that's empty. Yep. And the top valve part of a fire extinguisher but without the tank attached <laughs> like you're right we don't need this stuff we're professionals i'm gonna get into the dinghy and like i don't know is it is it like a crane or something on the ship no it's like it's literally like a um one of those they're not inflatable are they? they're like the rubber airfield i think they are inflatable it's like a zodiac it's like one of those ones that's tied to the back so you uh, oh, loose the straps, yeah. it'll drop in yeah. and be tethered by one rope, and then you'd get in and untie that rope and yeah. start pushing out. Gotcha. Uh, Marv helps you you untie it and loads, I guess, the four of you in. Uh, Jer- Jeremy, are you sure you want to come? Uh, yeah, man, I have a feeling. I've got a feeling. you got to take responsibility for your actions, and it was my sort of decision to let go of the sloping machine. And I have a feeling that none of this would have happened if I didn't let go. What time is it? Um, I think we sort of sort of early mid evening. By now, we'll say it's about nine o'clock. I might have just, I have to be home probably in like an hour because I have school tomorrow. All right, Marv. If we're not back on the boat within two hours, contact the the. Do we have a coast guard? Contact the park rangers. Tell tell Gina that we're here fighting a giant bat and we may need backup. Ernest crosses his arms and says, "Alrighty, route." And it's like, Gina's just gonna call the police. She. She leads tours. All right, let's That's go. That's her job. All right, you paddle ashore. Um, you kind of reach a small, pebbly little beach. It's not really a beach because it's like a foot wide. Yeah, and okay. then it's just trees. And you realize that because this island was never like settled, there's never really been any human habitation here, uh, the flora grows incredibly dense. The trees are all tall and tightly packed. Uh, the undergrowth, which is like bracken and brush and stuff, grows almost to your your kind of waist height, and it's everywhere. And as you begin sort of threading your way into the first kind of couple of layers of trees, um, you begin to realise that there's also a lot of vines and ivy and this sort of stuff. It's very dense, very hard to see very far. Oh, nice. Ernest is going to pull from his jacket and kind of has to click it out into multiple stages. So it's a white light-up... LED lantern. Oh, like, nice. Clicks it on and like goes to the front. Is like, okay, everyone, this is most absolutely snake country. So just look down every now and again, but not too often. Otherwise, that gets scary. That's anyway, all right. All right. Ge- geese kill ducks. Mighty Duck is like eye level in the bracket. <laughs> you can just see you her, mean, her you mean yellow. Geese kill snakes, Mighty Duck. You mean, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, That's I'm, what I meant. I'm going to be the responsible one. He's like trying to like pick her up and get her back on his shoulders. No, like, I want to walk. No, I don't. I I want to walk. You can't see. I can see fine. You can't see. I can do everything I a duck see. can do. I can see fine. A duck can't see through here. Yes, it can. Besides, I'm not navigating by sight. <laughs> <laughs> she starts blowing the, the duck call again. And off in the woods, you can hear duck quacks. See, they're telling us where to go. And then you hear it like a... It's like, oh, that one found a snake. Okay, can we compromise? Piggyback. No. Okay, I'm just Let gonna ca- me go I'm just, first. I'm, I have to protect you. I'm just going to carry you in one arm. Uh, <laughs> right, make, make a strength check. Oh, no. 
Uh, four. Uh, you like try and put her like under your arm, uh, and she just pries your hand away from <laughs> her and drops to the ground. You don't like, know if you were just having like a moment where you're, you know, you're you're kind of tired. It's late at night. You don't know if it's just that you're a bit tireder or whether she's just really strong. Her stops and like holds up the other two behind him, and she just goes like tearing up. It's like. Follow the child. <laughs> He's going to start chasing right. after. It's like, right. yeah. There's just no, quacking no. going on. <laughs> you can't see. <laughs> While we're running, I want you to roll to okay. make sure she doesn't run into a tree. Well, or she's anything. going first. Ernest, she's going to have to. Mighty Duck, do we have a plan? <laughs> see, du- see, not Duck, Bat. See Bat, tell Bat off. Come back home. Tell Bat off. I like it. Have, we, th- have we thought of the possibility that there might be more than one Bat? Like, I'm there not... could be a whole family of Bats. Listen, man, I'm an optimist. They roost Optimi- in, like, op- hundreds. Op- this could be very bad. Words are hard. Optimist. Yeah, Opti- I, I'm I a, get I'm it. an optimist. You know, I believe that there's just one. And so, then we can talk to it. So, plan is, talk to Bat, tell it, stop. Yeah. Recover, sleepy machine, go home. Listen, man, I'm not Tyr. I'm not here to kill things. I'm here to, like, you know... Just say, we don't hey. kill things. Mm-hmm. As you're having this argument, uh, Jeremy goes, "Hey, did you guys hear that?" Um, and what? Then hear what? There, I think we're supposed to be quiet. There's like a string out. <laughs> there's like a string out from up ahead. Mighty duck. Mighty duck. All right. Uh, as you, I'm assuming you kind of rush. I'm gonna roll for duck sense. Sure. That's an eleven. I got some pretty you're, good duck sense. You're quite sure which direction this is coming through. So is Alistair leading the way? Is Ernest leading the way? Oh, we're both together. We're I both think. Together. All right, both of you make a dex saving throw. Oh dear, that's an eight. Uh, do we add? We don't add pluses to saving throws, do we? I don't think. I'm so. forgetting which game system I've used. So many game systems in the last. We'll week. just say not for this. Uh, not for this situation. Okay. So that's a straight right, eight. As as you're rushing, you're going quite fast, Alistair, and your training kind of kicks in as you feel uh, your footing kind of drop away from under you, and you kind of just launch forwards. Mm-hmm. To kind of move past whatever it was. Ernest seeing Alistair half step ahead of you Careful. begin to do that, you just jump automatically. Um, and it's not until you have uh, have kind of cleared this that Jeremy coming up behind you. Jeremy, uh, stop! You realize as Jeremy falls into a pit. Can Ernest use his better roll to try and grab, grab Jeremy's him. jacket or something? Or like, right, yeah. you just get the jacket. Make a roll, a strength check to save to save him. Seven. Does that mean he has to roll as well if it's a mixed result? Uh, he got a six. What happens um, is that you turn around to like grab at him. You grab him by like the front of his shirt or his apron. He's still wearing like his <laughs> his slop shop apron, and you are basically like holding him by this, and you are almost pulled down. As you look down, and you realize that this is almost like a perfectly square pit that goes down what? about three meters. This is like a man-made thing. It's a man-made thing because as you look down, there are sharpened stakes. Oh no! Oh no! Okay. And Jeremy, is we nearly like, killed Jeremy. You were like holding Jeremy. Jeremy's legs are like doing the splits, trying to, like, support himself on the sides of the pit. I'm saying it's close enough that you've halted him, but you haven't pulled him up. And he's like, I don't want to I, I don't want to look down. Don't look down. I Alistair, don't want to look down. Alistair, grab my legs, pull me up. Uh, Alistair lies flat so that he's, like, spreading his surface area as much as possible, grabs Ernest's legs, and he's going to try and pull him up. Nat 12! Yeah. Nat 12. All right, you, you pull he's him out. He's a strong boy. Jeremy, like, fish flops onto the ground. It's like, oh... My dudes, this is not a fun night. Okay, I I don't want to do this. I'm starting to get a feeling gonna, that this is maybe like not a good idea. I'm gonna look in the pit to see if Mighty Duck is in there. Ernest doesn't need to look. He's like, 
My duck wouldn't fall like that. Uh, She's a duck. All right, no. As you look in the pit, you do not see. You do not see Mighty Duck now. Okay, that's. Yep. That's. Make a perception check, Ben. You can both make it if you like. Taking a second to realize that they almost killed two children accidentally. Two, Uh, one, and three. Two and three. Is Jeremy eighteen yet? Uh, he is about he graduated, 18, yeah. He's graduated. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he's technically an adult now. Okay. I got a two. I rolled a three perception. All right. We're both uh, still is like a bit picking up uh, Jeremy, like patting him down. It's like, you're all right. You're good. It's like brushing his hair back into the pompadour. It's like, you're all right. You're, you're okay. okay. So running, not a good solution. Uh, I would like to roll investigation on the stakes to see if I can tell if they were made by humans or well, gnomes, we're looking at perfectly for example. Square. Oh, that's a good not, thought. Not, it's not perfectly square, but you can see that it is dark. It's, it's an eight. Uh, with an eight, you could trap. say that this is probably some kind of survivalist trap. The dimensions of it would tell you that they're trying, presumably, to catch either humans or similar-sized creatures. Ooh. So this is probably not gnomes. No. Yeah. Unless they're... But it also might not... Hardcore well, gnomes. You would also tell that, like, the wood in there and the coloration of it, this hasn't been there for that long. This isn't, like, a super okay. old trap. So it could it, feasibly be... It could be, be a year or two old, but it's not, it's not like, yeah. a 30-year-old set of Ancient traps. Ancient cannibalism trap. Yeah, no. So it could feasibly be for, like, deer hunting or something, maybe. You would also know from your time... So this is... This is a pit trap. This is not really for hunting. This is a security, mm. defensive kind sure. of uh, almost like guerrilla warfare tactic. Okay. And this so, is going to walk up to the little hole and like look at you and look down. So he's like, uh, "You want to lower me down there? Uh, okay. If I, if I touch one of the spikes, I can see the oh. action of people putting it in there. Yeah. Okay. Set contact. Alice yeah, is going to okay. start setting up like a, a rope thing. He's like, "Okay, now." We need, or we, we need to send be on like our... a rope down there and just try and pull one up. We need to be on our guard for. Uh, Where's my Jeremy duck? He just puts his hand in. He's like, um, <laughs> "Should we be looking for like that little girl that like ran off?" Okay, we need to. And be, we heard that. We bad need to sound. be on our guard for fall traps, nets, snares, anything like that. It's a good point. We'll probably just come across another trap. We so, can just do it then, rather I than mean, hanging around here. We know where this one is, so if we can learn some stuff without putting ourselves in danger, that's a good point. Though we know where this one is, we don't want to lose it. Uh, yeah, can we, Jeremy? Can you like make a put a stick I, in the ground? I just like mark it. it. This is not my thing. Okay, here's an idea. I uh, can stick a stick in the ground. I don't, what? Uh, yeah, just, just to mark it so we don't yeah, fall uh, in this again. Uh, this is gonna pull Alrighty, out his I'll pocket knife and stab it into the tree. It's like marker. It's like bright. It's a bright. Jeremy just gets okay. a stick, like jams into the ground, and ties his apron around it, so it's like okay, really yeah, visible in the forest. It's like okay, I we now we like, have two. I feel like the knife might be like more useful. But that's true. Two. Alistair pulls a knife out and gives it back to you. We have two. All right. I'm fine, dude. Do you you want me to lower you down? We find my duck first, and then we deal with the traps. It doesn't matter if I know who it is if we can't find my duck. Okay. Jeremy, you stay here. No, no, no. We should. Yeah, on my own. Oh, yeah, true. That sounds. Don't stay here. Like a fantastic idea, guys. Ernest, do you have your duck caller? You have one, right? Yes. Ernest is going to pull out his duck caller. It's like, okay, you guys get behind me. He's going to hold up his lantern. It's like, I'm going to lead the way. We're going to keep going this direction. Okay. We look out, watch the ground for any, like, you know, those string traps or anything like that. I doubt yep. they'd be able to do watch that the with ground the bracken. And, but, yeah. and look for, yeah, any any kind of trip wires, any snares, anything like that, disturbed ground. Cool. And he's going to put his, his duck collar in his mouth and start walking. <laughs> 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 While you're walking, both of you make a perception check for me. 
What would we... Do we get advantage because we know that there might be traps around? Uh, that's not what you're perceiving okay. at the moment. Two! Again! I got a two as well. Right. I, we're, we're too focused on looking for traps. You're too focused. All right, as you as you move around, it comes as a surprise uh, as you get into a slightly, um, a little bit more of a clearing here. The movement really is what kind of draws your eyes upwards and you can see Mighty Duck is swinging from uh, like a slipknot rope uh, and oh, being wedged okay, up into okay. the air. The reason she's not responding to the caller is because she is currently chewing through the rope. <laughs> Okay, Mighty Duck, be careful. Be careful. She's like spits rope out of her and it's like, it's okay, I have had to do this many times. Ernest will walk underneath her and just like hold his arms out and like shuffle from side to side. It's like, well, I guess this is the only way. Duck beak technique. And she goes back to chewing. And it snaps and she like drops. I'll roll a catcher. Seven. Uh, seven. With a nine, she, like, does a flip in the air and lands on her feet, uh, like, right in front of you, like, between your arms. <laughs> and she just lands. Yes. Ta-da! Okay, where are we going next? Um, okay, so there are traps here. There's more than just a bat here. That was very cool. Uh, Thank you. I do gymnastics sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's impressive. Can you maybe stick with us? Because we don't want... Why are you so slow? We don't want you to get stuck in a trap and I'm we, on the timer here. We were it's so slow in like an hour. Because Jeremy nearly fell in a trap, so we need to be careful. Oh, yeah. See, Mighty Duck, we're not like you. We're not We're not like that. We can't just chew our way out of a trap. Jeremy's definitely not. So mm. we got, you got, you got to stay with us to protect us. I haven't yeah. done this before having to escort civilians in this sort of an environment. Okay. Yeah, well, Jeremy's a civilian. I mean, the duck sounds are still telling me that the bat went this way. He's going further in. All right. Uh, My bet is we're probably heading for some kind of a cave. Uh, just a second. And Alice is going to gesture to you and point to the rope, as in you can oh, yeah, investigate. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. You got you to gotta make your roll, though, for how much you get. Five. So, mixed result. Mixed result. It's okay. a rope. I haven't gotten higher than a five this entire time. <laughs> you get very, very faint flashes of, like, a hardware store. <laughs> and, and, and well, is the hardware store like? Modern? You can't tell. You just got to get you, like. You'd be able to tell from the lights and the other people walking around the clothes they're wearing. Like if it's a hardware store, like you can tell. No, it's no, you're modern. getting like the the smallest hints possible. Uh, um, and then you're getting more of um the forest itself and of someone setting up this trap. Whoever it is is um shadowy. You can't get a good picture of them, but they're very sort of hunched. They are moving with sort of very quick sure movements. Human? Um human. Okay. Certainly. You can't get a whole lot more than that. Okay. But you know that it was human, you know that they were good at what they were doing. Well it's not gnomes. Ah <sighs> oh well. They went to a, a Bunnings. So mm. Jeremy's like pointing out into the um into the trees like should is like anyone else uh maybe a bit concerned by that? Uh he's pointing out into the forest and as you you look far off in the distance in a couple of different directions you can see tiny glimmers of light. Uh not quite like lanterns but almost like little bobbing orbs Are they somewhere eyes? somewhere off in the distance. They seem to kind of there seems to be half a dozen of them. Um, they they're quite pale colours, but they are different colours. One's blue, one's yellow. Yeah, and this comes um, back to the they kind of wink in and out as they move. It's almost like fireflies, but too big to be fireflies. Alistair's gonna um, goes it's, it's just fireflies. It's, are you sure? You can roll. The archipelago to... is home to many large things. After all, the okay. bat. Well, that's true. It could just be large bigger fireflies. fireflies. Roll paranormal knowledge. 
I have a plus to <laughs> three. That's a four with my bonus. <laughs> so now I start really going for this whole professional, this is our job type of thing. We need yeah, bigger nah. bonuses, Aubrey. Aubrey. <laughs> you have some pretty big bonuses. We need loaded dice. It's a plus two. What are we going to do with let's that? Make, let's make the podcast work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless they're like, probably big fireflies. Fireflies, okay. guys. Like, why are you so worried? That's, the bats probably eat them and grow big. Your, your theory so far is... Maybe there's something on this island that makes animals big. Guys, like, it's out. like that movie with... Who's in that? Was The Rock in that movie? Uh, Mighty Duck starts, like, tramping off into the woods again. Uh, with her duck call. Yeah, we stick behind her. Hold on, close behind. You continue um, moving on through the woods. Time passes. You are heading uh, into the centre of the island now. This island isn't huge. It's... A bit bigger than the whole town of Port Staples in its sort of land coverage. Uh, and you're heading into a kind of almost like a depression in the ground. Uh, the land is dropping away. It almost seems like as an island, this sort of drops inwards uh, and becomes kind of rockier. It's a funnel. Almost like a funnel, sort of. Uh, and you find uh, a stream that you are starting to head towards and Mighty Duck is still kind of leading the way. We sort of look out over the island and the trees and we move down into a gap in the trees and watch uh, the group marching along. Tramp, 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 tramp. I'm happy when I'm hiking, pack up on my back. I'm happy hey, when man. I'm hiking off the beaten track. Hey, hey out Ernest, in the hey, open country. Hey. That's the place for me. Oh. Come on, everybody. Hey, Ernest, Ernest. We have a true Ernest. scouting friend to the journey's end. 20, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles a day. Tramp, tramp, Ernest. Tramp, Ernest. Tramp, tramp. Hey, Yeah, Mighty Dog. Hey, Ernest. Hey. Hey, yeah. We're tracking a creature. That navigates using sound. Tramp, 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 tramp. <laughs> My dog holds her hands like, guys, yeah, I think up? I have found it. Look, and she points. Um, and what you can I've see. Found it. <laughs> I think I found something. And she's pointing to uh, this stream. It's fairly small. Yeah, as you've kind of followed it, it's grown a little bit larger. Too big to jump. It's not super deep. Um, but... Someone has built stacked stone on top of stone in a wedge shape that's actually split the, the stream into two directions, left and oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. You can see the, the telltale marks, are the, the trenches that this stream is now following have been dug in there. Okay. Uh, they have, they've purposely diverted the river. And as you break through a little bit of the cover of trees, you can kind of look down into this hollow where the man-made division has split this stream into two rivulets, uh, that basically separate and then come back together, forming an island in the middle of the river. And in this island, you can see a strange man-made structure. It looks reminiscent of a ranger watchtower with two levels in it. It is made from uh, fallen trees lashed together with uh, bits of pallet board and tarp to draw it all together. Underneath it, there seems to be like a dugout cabin uh, built into the earth. Around this whole little island, there are, are um, sharpened staves stuck into the ground to make like a spiked wall. There is no door, in fact. You can't actually see an easy way in. There's no bridge to get over the river. The river, by the way, as you will have noticed, 
uh, is relatively wide, but it's not deep. It's only like knee deep at its deepest point. Uh, oh, okay. And you can see even from here with the moonlight shining down, you can see that this river uh, runs around the island, continues on a little way and then drops into a waterfall. And as you move down slightly, you can see that this waterfall is dropping into a crevasse, into like a sinkhole. Sinkhole, called it. Sinkhole cave um, with trees and things growing out of it um, that seems to be more or less the center of this island. There are lights on in the structure. Okay, this is going to draw everyone around him. It's like, okay. All right, here's the plan. I think we're dealing so with we're a survivor gonna... like, situation. You're right. I'm saying here's my thought. we're we go, go in hard, no. we go in fast, we show them force, and like immediately just get them like, all right, stand Because that step. works with insanity. Like, if yes, someone is absolutely. Not, who's, like, okay, so we're either dealing we with someone... We're dealing with someone who's either evil or more likely knowing the archipelago insane. Like, just look at this play. This is, in, this is the... The work of Winston, if he was around anymore. Rest in peace, Winston. Rest um, in peace, Winston. He's actually not dead. Never mind. Uh, we're getting too deep in here. Um, okay. We go in there. We go in there fast. We go in there hard. We tell them, here are your terms, right? We give them, we give them an ultimatum. We're like, we'll kill you. I mean, obviously, we're not going to kill them. But, like, I- we make it look like, call off the bats or we'll take you down or, like, we'll rat you out to the police or something. I'm, I don't. I, we go in. We go all in. That's what I'm saying. I'm ready. Jeremy nearly fell in a trap. Yeah. I don't want to risk his life. And what other traps do you think there are going to be? Probably lots. That's why we that's why we, we move in slow. We, we have a look. We try and find any type of entrances. We look for windows, try and see who it is. If it is an insane person, that changes our plan. Well, if we don't, what if there's a group of people, Alistair? What if there's like five people in there? This doesn't look like something that's been made by five people. This um, looks like something that's been... Yes, Jeremy? Uh, guys. What's up? Jeremy's what? pointing, uh, and you can now see that while you've been arguing, Mighty Duck has just continued on. She's just waded through the river, and she's now clambering over, like, the spike fence. Oh, great. And you got to hear this... Mighty Duck! She's, like, try, struggling to get over the top. <laughs> well, and she falls. I guess there goes our Onto the other side. And you kind of see her pop back up and start creeping towards the door of like, the hut run that after is her. underneath the, the tower. Mighty Duck! She turns around, and she's like, shh shushing you with her like her, what waving her What are you doing? Get she's like, back here. She's she, she like does like um, On her own. She's a child. I know because we were arguing. She does like jazz hands. All right, we should have just <laughs> Mighty Duck just like jazz hands points to herself really dramatically points to the door mimes walking with her fingers and goes thumbs up and just starts going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll sort this out later. Come on. Jeremy's like um I don't I uh, okay, he's like Starts taking off his shoes. Yeah, Alistair crosses the stream. Jeremy, c- quickly, come on, let's go. No, these are these are fresh Air Jordans. I'm not putting them. They're in gonna a be river. Air Jordans on a. Just, he's, he's you also, go ahead. Yeah, he's, oh, I'm on my way. Right. Just leave them. Neither of them should be coming res- in anyway. Respect the kicks. Can you stay here, Jeremy? Oh yeah. I mean, probably not. It's oh, okay. God, uh, you hear a slight creak as Mighty Duck starts opening the door. <laughs> okay, and this goes after her. Uh, make stealth rolls for me. 11, 4. Alice two. is very worried about this child. Mighty Duck! All right. what you, is that your real name? Doesn't matter. Get back here. 
All right, she's already gone through the door. Ernest, I'm with your stealth. You go through second, I'm guessing. Yep. Um, so you kind of grab the door and you kind of inch yourself through to keep it from, like, she just pushed it open and it was, like, going to smack on the other side. <laughs> she's not interested in stealth, although she did roll an eight, so she passed. Wow. Um, so the both of you move into the room. Alistair, you're bringing up the rear uh, much louder. Thump, thump, thump. So, Ernest, what you see as you enter this room is that this is basically like a dugout. Up to about waist height, the walls are made of uh, earth packed with stone and things. You can see that there is a small camp bed, like a an off-the-ground folding camp bed in one corner. You can see some crates, some cardboard boxes uh, with food and supplies in them, drums of water. Mm-hmm. In the centre of uh, the room, there is a small cook fire that is alight, but on the far end, as you look around, you can see um, a couple of mishmashed bits of furniture that have clearly been... Uh, you can see talon marks in the furniture oh. and stuff <laughs> from where the bats have obviously brought them in. Um, you can see two figures. Uh, make a quick perception check for me. Uh, eight. Alistair got a six. Alistair, because you're you're kind of hurrying and you're, you've realised that you're not being very stealthy, you're not paying quite as much attention. Yep. Um, Ernest, you get a split second before Alistair bursts in the door. Uh, you can see that there is a shadowed, hooded figure kind of wrapped in a blanket, um, hunched in front of the fire. You can't see their face, but they are basically talking to another figure as your eyes drift from the fire to this, um, this shadowed figure up into the corner. You can see that they are addressing a partly decomposed, mummified dead body. Ah, oh. uh, they've kind of they've kind of dehydrated and shrunk to the point where they're basically like a mummy. Uh, but even from this distance, in the flickering light, you can recognise the park rangers' uniform uh, rotting away. Oh. Of, what, of what you now realise must uh, have been Jermaine. Ernest but, like throws his hands in the air. It's like we forgot Jermaine. You what? We forgot. And he like turns back, forgetting to be stealthy. Turns back to Alistair. Jermaine. You know the third park ranger who was missing. The third. I, f- I forgot. I forgot we about forgot Jermaine. Jermaine. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! Now, um, that's while, not. While you that's would think not him there. No, not the one. The cloak. The dead one. Oh, 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 the dead Now, the while, dead while this right. uh, definitely shocks you, the slightly more worrying aspect uh, is the, the cloaked and hooded figure talking <laughs> to the dead body, uh, who is also sitting very close to the slurping machine that was stolen earlier tonight. You can see that this figure, uh, who, when you start to speak, turns to look at you, um, but before you started speaking, they're, like, stroking the side of uh, the slurping machine and talking <laughs> to it, like... Yes, Raspberry, this is going to be the best thing. And then as you... <laughs> Isn't that right, my friend? He's like, t- turns to look at the skeleton. Um, as you guys, like, burst in and start t- talking at each other, there is uh, the the flames, like, dramatically leap. He swivels to look at you. Uh, lightning the, goes the equivalent off. <laughs> of a lightning, The equivalent of a lightning flash. Oh, no, there's, there's an actual lightning. There's a storm brewing. Um, and notice. you see this unkempt face, this long curly hair in sort of uh, greasy ringlets, an ill-formed moustache <laughs> on, the, on the, the upper lip. Uh, you can see, like, homemade war paint uh, all over the face, and you recognise Gordy. Intruders in Gordy's midst. He, like, gets up, kicks over the stool he was sitting on and, like, 
um, flings the, the the blanket that he's been wearing like a cape aside, uh, and you can see that his like his entire torso is covered in this body paint, which from the smell you have to assume is like bat guano. Oh, great. Um, um, he's wearing, like, khaki shorts and a big belt, and he's, like, got all sorts of tools and things hanging from it. As Gordy, like, spins around, and you guys go, Oh, you hear Mighty, Duck, Mighty Duck's voice just inexplicably? Gordy, we meet again! Alistair steps in front of Mighty Duck and puts his hands into his pockets, like, ready to cross-draw his knives, but he hasn't done it yet. Is it's that... a defensive move. Mm. Like, widens his stance a bit. He's like, Hey, hey, Gordy! Hey, how you doing? How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you again. Alistair Stern. I've waited for this day. Gordy has been waiting. Gordy draws from like a sheath uh, in the small of his back. He draws a machete. <laughs> it's very rusty and like very crooked. <laughs> Ernest is going to cut. His shoulders are going to slump a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, we're not talking our way through this. Alistair's going to do his thing. So he's just going to poke his head through the door and like point at, at like Jeremy. Like, go away. Don't Jeremy's like in. holding the shoes above his uh, above his waist as he's like wading through the water, and no. he chucks them over the no. fence as he starts like Go trying back. to get his leg over. The Go fence is not back. very high; it's sort of like a chest tight. And he's like, uh, uh, "How do I get over this without like cutting myself?" Uh, he's like, like he's yeah. like nodding at you, but keeps coming. Go back! Go back! I'm just like hearing clattering and banging from behind me. Uh, Mighty Duck decides to step in front of you now that you've like stepped in front of her but she got a three so we'll just say that what? you no, like get... sides like sidestep her or like step push in her front head. of her again you do that that big brother thing you just like grab her head and push her back yeah and she's like no let me I'm this is my job now my face <laughs> Gordy is like flipping knife from hand to hand he's like Gordy's been waiting for this Alistair. Gordy's been waiting, and hey, now hey, you've Gordy. come to Gordy's Island. Yeah, no, Gordy's you've... Bat Island. Yeah, you've built a really nice place. Yeah, I Gordy like has a lot. He's I'm like working himself very up. Very proud of you. Look, I don't want to hurt you. I just came here to talk. I've been training, Alistair. Gordy's been waiting for this, and That's he like does great. a flip where he like flicks it, and he's gonna catch it by the handle again. Uh, Nat one, he <laughs> drops it and picks up. <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> To fix it up again. Uh, I'm immune to tetanus. <laughs> Sovereign soil. This is Gordy's island. Ernest is going to see yeah, Alistair okay. like inching out his knives from his pocket, and he's going to try and get in front of Alistair, like holding a hand out to Gordy and a hand out to Alistair. He's like, guys, Alistair, you're not fighting children. I'm not going again. to. Al- Gordy, Gordy, we're just here to work out a few things with the bats. Like we just want to talk to you and all that type of stuff. Ernest. Alistair, stop with the knives. Gordy just moves forward. He just, like, dashes forwards, knife first. Gordy! <laughs> Defensively, Alistair draws his knives. Like, not not even thinking through, oh, it's a child, just thinking through danger, defend yep. himself. All right, as you draw them, you're blades. expecting the double switchblade. In your left hand, uh, customarily, there is your switchblade. In the right hand, however, where you're expecting there to be a knife, you feel uh, the weight and the warmth of the service revolver is suddenly in your hand unexpectedly. What? No, wait. Now? Now you do this? You bring really? a gun to now. a body fight? And like you brought <laughs> Al- you brought a gun to Alistair's like turn It was just a night out, man. <laughs> Alice has turned away from Ernest and Gordy, like he's talking to the gun, like facing away from him. He's like, 
Now, now, after everything, now you come out, alright? It's fine. It's a child, alright? Calm down. No, no. As Gordy is lunging forwards, you guys are arguing in utter chaos. Uh, the door swings open again. Jeremy steps through. Uh, oh, great. Trying to pull on his shoes as he does so. He goes, guys, you like left me behind. Oh, hey. And then uh, Gordy stops dead tracks. Are you looking? The knife is maybe a foot from Alistair's like upper thigh as Gordy's just like stopped and he's staring at Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, what's um, what's going on? This is cool. This is a cool place. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, finally like makes eye contact with Gordy and you see like the eye, the, the brow furrows, the eyes squint. Oh, Gordy. Hey, man. Uh, this is cool. How you been? Um, funny seeing... Is that my slurping machine? <laughs> uh, Gordy is, like, frozen. As you're watching, his face just contorts in utter fury. It's like this animalistic uh, hatred fills his face. <laughs> Um, and he, he, like, the knife just starts changing direction <laughs> until he's yes. pointing at Jeremy's nose. He's like, uh, whoa, what are you, what are you doing, Gordy? Uh, that doesn't look safe. And Gordy just starts going for, for Jeremy. Ernest is going to just immediately fling his arm out and like catch Jeremy in the throat and like start to push him off balance and like push him to the side. He's like, uh, God. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I roll to see what the gun is doing, please? Yeah. Uh, I got a three. Um, it's vibing. It's not it's vibing. It's not talking to you. It's not like giving you anything, but your arm is following Gordy. The gun is following Gordy. <laughs> okay. And you don't know what it's going to do. Okay. Uh, I've got my left hand. I've put my other knife away and I've got my left hand on my wrist. Like, no, no, stop, stop. It's a child. Stop. No. Bad. Bad guy. Uh, you feel it's hard to tell whether it's just you going into shock a little bit at what is going down. Um, but you f- could swear that the gun is like warming up in your hand. No, stop. I, I swear if you... All right. Okay. So freeze frame. Everything goes black and white. Oh, we have a look at the room. We have the sloping machine in the back next to a dead guy. The prize, the the goal. It gives a little, like, yeah, a little, like, halo appears. The the flavors are raspberry and Coke. Raspberry, Coke. Not Coke, Boke. You can't cut. No, it's it's raspberry and blue raspberry. It's raspberry and what's like, it's like cola ice or whatever. Yeah, cola ice. LA ice. LA ice. (laughs) Yeah. You got those two flavors. It's churning. Still, there's a there's a little hole and like the two flavors are actually mixing. Yeah, yeah. Gordy's Gordy's got a generator. They're crossing the screens. Um, (laughs) All right, we pull back from the goal a little bit. We see Gordy going with his his little machete. He's moving towards Alistair, not Alistair, uh, between uh, Ernest and uh, Jeremy. To one side is Mighty Duck. To the other side is uh, is Alistair, who is following Gordy with the gun. Mighty Duck. Mighty Duck is still like trying to get past Alistair, and Alistair is like accidentally with his shoulder like pushing her back like his elbow yeah. is like pushing yeah, yeah, her yeah. back and she's getting really angry uh, then we have Ernest who's reaching over and like pushing Jeremy by his neck and like <laughs> chin against the wall against the wall out of the way of Gordy as Gordy is like swinging down with his little machete okay um, at this point Alistair closes his eyes like looks up from the gun oh I oh no 
And then I'm going to close my eyes, as has happened before. As Alistair closes his eyes, uh, he sees, much like the freeze frame that Chester Lydon just described. Yeah, it was a bit... <laughs> yeah, we, everything goes from black and white to sepia. Which means we're now in Alistair's head. We're now in Alistair's head. I think I did canonically say that it was monochrome, so that is black. It goes more black and white. It goes even more The blacks are darker. The it's whites like the are lighter. <laughs> and Alistair sees like different timelines and different versions of the future spreading out before him. Um, he looks as Ernest pushes Jeremy to the wall and, like, as he's looking away, Gordy comes down with the machete and, like, cuts his arm off. It's like, oh, no, not that one. Rewind. Find a different scenario. And Alistair is going to lunge forward with his right arm and as as the machete comes down, he's going to block it with his right arm and push it to the side away from he's the others. He's going to block uh, Gordy's arm. Gordy's arm. Gordy's arm, not the machete. Yes, no. So he's going to intercept the, the blow by taking body. the arm, yeah. not the knife. And then, like, push it over to the side yeah. to try and disarm him. Uh, and so I would like to roll opposed with Gordy, and I have a three for my prescience, so I'm going to substitute whatever he rolls with a three, and I rolled a nine. All right, he got a seven, uh, but you did say that you would substitute. So yes, so you, therefore I'd like to substitute him his roll for a three, yes. As Alistair does this very quick and quite impressive maneuver, moving the knife to the other side, Ernst then has a very like wide shot of like just seeing Gordy and just flings his lamp, his little LED lamp out and clocks him in the head. He got a ten. Just clocks him in the head. Right, so it. Gordy's lunged forwards. You guys have all moved around. Alistair to, like uh, with his eyes shut, moves in in a fluid movement, like pulls it up to the side, pushes his arm down, and then looks dead into Gordy's face, but with his eyes closed. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then, out of nowhere, just in Gordy's vision, a lamp swings into his face. <laughs> He's both blinded and hurt. Yeah, he goes, smacking his... <laughs> and Alistair, of course, doesn't see that, so he opens his eyes, expecting Gordy to be there, and he's not there. Right. He's like, wait, what? Gordy reels away, swinging with the machete. <laughs> Which future is this? <laughs> Gordy, like, gets hit, reels away. Have you still got all your arms? Swinging with the blade uh, as he, like, grabs his head and tries to open his eyes um, as you, like, flashed the, the torch into his eyes. He swings around. He's now, like, kind of crazed in the middle of the room. You guys are all a bit back from him. And Jeremy trying to, like, regain his speech. He's like, oh, God, Gordy. Sorry, sorry. Don't do that. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Alice is going to make another move to try and restrain him. Well, we'll do an opposed check. Okay. So you make a nine to That's restrain. Gordy gets a nine as well. You like lunge forwards as he's still off balance, but the swinging knife, you have, have to kind of dart back and okay. you can't quite get a hold of him. Okay. And he's just going to shout over it. He's trying to like, <laughs> Jeremy's like kneeled over a little bit, like holding his throat. And Alistair's like, Alistair's trying to like get him back up. <laughs> it's okay, man. He's going to look over. It's like, Alistair. Yeah? What? I'm going to say this once. Uh-huh. And only once. Hit the kid. Just knock him out. Just hit the kid. All right. As you were Listen, saying this. Listen, you said that I... I just knock it just... Last time. It's... Uh, I don't want to hit the kid. While you were saying that, Gordy has, like, regained senses enough. Now he's just going straight for you. Knife first. I'm lunging. Gonna, I'm going to roll to see if I see that. I got an 11. So, yeah, I'm still watching him. As you sort of whip your head around, the gun comes up fluidly, and you, like, use the barrel of the gun to deflect... 
Okay. Um, keeping it away from your hand. You, like, catch the blade between the trigger protector, whatever the, the like, yeah. the loop of metal is that protects the finger. Yeah, the trigger the guard. The trigger guard yeah. and the barrel. And oh, you, like, nice. catch it in that and flick it's it like, to the side. Yes. The bloody cowboy bebop fight at yeah. the end. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sword and a gun. <laughs> um, now. And the gun's losing. The gun's losing. Nice. As it does so, as the gun is, like, moving forwards, you feel that heat again and mm-hmm. the vibration begin. Oh, great. And then you feel your finger uh, underneath... Your finger, you feel the trigger click, and you, <laughs> oh, you see no. you see again in that slow motion, almost as the first time that you pit, held the gun. It's like uh, heat expands from the gun, uh, like your vision is distorted around the barrel of the gun itself, and then it shrinks, and the gun goes off. Uh, okay, I I can't do this. I can't do this. Okay, and I'll explain later. It goes off just above Gordy's head, and this it's almost like a uh, an anti tank be- round. As Whoa. as there's just this massive explosion that tears a hole the size of a refrigerator in the wall. <laughs> Whoa! And it's just a colossal bang, and then there is just. Uh, ringing everyone's ears and half the wall is gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alistair is, like, very shocked by that. He's got a real backwards, like... In the, the stunned silence for that split second after, it's broken by the screech of bats. Very large, very, very upset bats. Uh, Al- Ernest is Ernest, going I to- can't do this. Ernest is kind of like hands on his ears, stumble forwards as you've basically thrown him, and he's going to look at you like wide eyes, like swing around, and he's going to try and just touch a part of Gordy. I'm presuming he's quite scared. Like he's um, probably make a roll for me. Not a, I won't oppose it. Gordy doesn't he's, know that he's meaning kind of fear. That's a three. Um, you yeah, you basically reach out for him, but he's stumbling away. Heading for the hole in the wall. Okay, Ernest is going Ooh. to then see that didn't work, and he's just going to run and just try and grab him and like almost rolling just to stop him before he reaches like the hole in the wall. All right, roll again, I guess. I got three again. All right, you are stumbling forwards, but your head is ringing. Gordy's launching forwards, and you just see a flash of yellow as Mighty Duck pushes past you, and as Gordy's like, uh, he's he's. Still has the machete in hand as he's like uh, jumping for this hole in the wall to escape. Like mid jump, uh, you just see Mighty Duck in behind him. Oh no! Grabs him both hands uh, on his shoulders and just pulls him bodily back into the room and like throws him across the room. And meanwhile, <laughs> you hear her yell, "Strength of a thousand ducks!" <laughs> as Gordy's like catapulted back into the room into you guys uh, he drop- and you see there's like a flash and the knife sticks blade down into the ground as she's like simultaneously disarmed him uh, I'm imagining Urs is like on the ground as he like dived to grab him and just missed him not just quite, by quite a bit yeah. like half a metre he missed him <laughs> yeah he so Gordy sort of tumbles puddle. and he looks he looks fairly hurt his ears are ringing clearly and he's been hit in the head <laughs> so he's kind of like very disorientated he rolls on the ground uh, he's groaning and it's at this point uh, that Jeremy kind of swoops in and like wraps his arms around him <laughs> like Gordy Gordy talk to me no Gordy also, what happened? 
All right, what are you guys doing? Alistair is very shaken, and he's holding the gun, like, deliberately turned away from the others just in case it goes off again. Because uh, he did not know how that happened. He definitely didn't pull the trigger, and he's now worried. Is this just going to, like, pop out and murder someone one day? And, like, he's going to have no say in it? Like, what? Ernest is going to get up and start walking towards Gordy and then turn and kind of grab Alistair's shoulder quite hard and look at him directly and say, what the hell was that? What the hell did you do? I don't know. What's she? Oh, I don't know. How's a gun do? I don't know. What type of stuff is Tia making? Tia didn't make this. I'll explain later. Just make sure Gordy's okay, okay? Oh, I'll make sure Gordy... Yeah, no, I, I, no that's, that's, that's a bit mean. And he's going to start walking that's over to Gordy. He's like, I'll make sure Gordy's okay. <laughs> Jeremy's like cradling him like a dramatic sort of war buddy scene. With one, of, one of them is, yeah, one of them is dying. He's like reaching a hand up to touch the side of Jeremy's face, and then his hands like go around Jeremy's neck. <laughs> he's like, going, Gordy's gonna get you." I feel like Alistair would see that, and he's like, "No, Gordy, no, no." You and left he's also me, Gordy. Stop. You left no, me in the Gordy. trees. You didn't come for me, Gordy. Gordy. Uh, Gordy's been living on this island all alone for years. Gordy. I was going to lean down and just like try to start prying his hands away. <laughs> Jeremy's like, oh, God, no, Gordy, no. Alice is trying. sorry. He's trying to, trying to pull Gordy away as well, but also hide his right arm behind his back so they don't see the gun. Um, God, right. Gordy. You're like go, pulling go, him let off. Go. Uh, yeah, you're pulling him off Jeremy as he finally like lets go and Jeremy goes <laughs> oh man you okay Jeremy I can't talk okay and he's just like he's that's Gordy, great man Gordy I'm sorry I, I tried I went looking I, I couldn't find you I tried didn't try hard enough you didn't find Gordy you are I don't hiding. need you I don't need any of you anymore Gordy, no, wait, Gordy, Gordy has his own Gordy, island please. no Gordy Gordy, Gordy. Um, Gordy's going to try and break free from the two of you holding him. 11. I rolled a 10 both times. Okay. Damn, boys. All right, he only got an 8. He's too upset. He's kind of flailing. Go- Gordy, to... stop. Gordy, stop moving. Just... Gordy, come Gordy. on. Gordy. Come on, man. This is great. He's like looking over the dead body. <laughs> it's like, this is great. You can still hear the screeching <laughs> of bats and you can hear the flapping of wings outside. Gordy, did you train the bats to steal stuff from town? It's okay, you can tell us. Gordy did what he had to do. Gordy, un- How? <laughs> How? How? <laughs> uh, Gordy, how'd you Gordy find just, giant bats? They just live here. Gordy lives here too. And Gordy just used dog kibble. Gordy is building his own island. No, Gordy. No other people. You need to call off the bats. It's my place. Okay, this is not okay. No one can take me away You're anymore. S- this is did, my place. Did you kill the park ranger? Oh, no. He, he was here when Gordy got here. How'd he die? I don't know. I assume starvation. I mean, he had the house, but he was already dead. Mm. Oh, he built this? Gordy didn't build it. (laughs) Gordy improved it. Gordy put that wall in. Gordy built the fence. (laughs) No, Gordy put that wall in, and it's the one that Alice (laughs) shot. (laughs) Alice just, like, pats him on the head a little bit. It's like, well, Gordy, it's time to come home now. I know this is... You're about to say, oh, this is home. It's... Kind of, kind it's of not is, home, but uh, we're going to take you back to the mainland. Yeah, Mighty Duck like flicks the cape again and goes, "Gordy, you will come back to the mainland and you will answer for your crimes." We're going to take you back. 
find out well, what yeah, hang on. from now. But we've got to fix the bat problem. I mean, if he's trained the bats to steal stuff, aren't they just going to keep stealing stuff? Like Gordy, are they going to keep stealing stuff? Are they going to keep stealing stuff, Gordy? Yes. God damn Okay, Gordy. can you call them off, Gordy? Can you call off the bats? Mm, no. Is that no I no I won't or no I can't? Because there's a difference. And there's if it's, not a difference to Gordy. And if it's no I won't, <laughs> then that's a problem. We're going to have to talk about that. Alistair, let's just take him back to the mainland. We can deal with this If we in the take morning. him back, then he can't we deal with the bats. We have two children here, and also Gordy. Gordy's the third child. Yeah, I, we got I to take, know. Mighty Duck needs to go to bed. It's already past her bedtime. We've got to go. It's already past my bedtime. But the yeah. bats are also a problem. Mommy's and if we leave here without dealing with the problem, Ernest, it's yeah. just going to keep being a problem. What? Uh, I know you want to uh, keep... Another slurpy machine gets stolen. We've got three children here, Alistair, that are in danger. Look what happened to Jeremy. I. But what if the bats start taking people? Other than what about that? That could happen. Then we come back here. Gordy, are they going to eat people? We as bring Gordy back? We bring him like, back in danger? As you turn around, like, Gordy, you weigh, weigh in on this. With a nat 12, Gordy <laughs> has, like, re- retrieved the knife and just moved to the hole in the wall. And he's, like, standing on the hole in the wall. Gordy, no! Like, lit by the, the fire that is still there, and he just levels the knife at uh, Jeremy. It's exactly that scene from The Clone Wars Season 5 with Ahsoka in the in the pipe, and Anakin's like, no, Ahsoka! And then she jumps off. Something like <laughs> it's that. It's exactly that. Um, it was and bats instead of spaceships. I think that's a, a rip from he. There's a Harrison Ford movie with Tommy Lee Jones that's basically that scene. There's a part where like he's holding him, the police officer's Tommy Lee Jones, and he like, finds him at the end of his tunnel. He's like, no, don't do it. You can prove that you're innocent. And he's like, I can't do that. And then he jumps out into the dam. Which is also a reference to Third Man, which is an old 50s uh. movie. <laughs> it's everything. Everything's, everything's, everything's fake. All right, well, mine's perfectly is... original. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine has bats. <laughs> Gordy. that bat. Take that awesome wells. Gordy levels the the machete at Jeremy again. He says, Jeremy, I will find you and I will make you pay. Gordy, no. Gordy, you abandoned you... Gordy. Now Gordy doesn't need anyone. It doesn't have to be. Except this... the bats. And he like jumps backwards out of the window. Gordy! And there is like, no, no, he's on like ground level. <laughs> oh, he's fine. And he, like, just jumps backwards. It's really kind of just jumping to normal ground level because you were, like, below. And then you hear, like, the screech and the swoop and the flap of wind. And then, like, a bat picks him up and goes. Uh, and as you, like, rush to the exit, you can just see Gordy, like, hanging in the, in the claws of a giant bat as it, like, wheels away into the night. I feel like without even not intending to fire, but Alistair probably still has the gun. So he would, like, point the gun up. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Mighty Duck. Is just standing it. He got away again. One Gordy! day. One day. Get back here! Now, um, did did he mean for it to take him? Or have they actually started eating people? Um, I hope that was his exit strategy. Hmm. Smash cut. We cut to later that evening, maybe an hour later... You have retrieved the sloping machine. Mighty Duck has carried it for you um, all the way back. Wait, to she's carried the whole thing? Yeah, on her own. <laughs> you guys like were taking turns first, and then while you were like having a break after like she the first time, she just picked it up and kept going, and you couldn't get her to put it down. <laughs> now she's also rowing the boat herself. <laughs> yeah, you get back to Mars boat, you get back to the island, and eventually back to uh, Hillbilly's Burger Shack, and you are reinstalling, helping Jeremy reinstall the sloping machine 
Yeah, that's it. So you'll just Sherman's have to gone home. Sherman's just, gone home. I'll just have to strip that wire and then connect that one to that one because I think the bat ripped through that. And then you should be, once you change that fuse, you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy says, Jeremy's Don't nothing, forget to plug he's it being in, noticeably quiet since the whole incident. Well, um, I feel like this was a... I don't think we solved any problems. There's still giant bats. And now my sleeping machine has scars. I guess you win some and you lose some, but you mostly lose some. This is outside. <laughs> He's saying goodnight to Mighty Duck. Mighty Duck is like getting into her her pedal trike and like switching the lights on. She's like, you did a good job today. Well, not a good job. You did try very hard and I appreciate this. Uh, thank you. Uh, sorry about... You've been very nice on the boat. I've just, I haven't been around people for a very long time, so it's getting back in the the way of things is a bit tricky at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that's not for you to worry about. You get home before your parents start to worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that's uh, a nice duck call. Yeah, if yeah. you ever need me, just call. As long as it's between uh, the end of school and eight thirty, that's bedtime. In that window, I will come and help you if you call. Well, thank you. Good night, citizen. If I ever and need to move some furniture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she starts pedaling <laughs> off. Uh, goodbye, Mighty Duck. Goodbye. Bye. 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 We will return as, uh, Al- as Ernest tramps into the, the kitchen where Alistair and Jeremy are. Uh, well, this is a brisk mood. No, it's fine. It's um, no, it's fine. It's my fault. I should have... No, it's not your fault, Jeremy. It is my fault. This is what I always do. I do this every time. I did this before. I've done it again. I'll probably keep doing it. I keep... I don't know. I just... It's not... But also... Jeremy just breaks things. Where Our job was to come and fix this problem for you. You can't fix me being like a failure, man. I failed at everything. I failed at school, and I bailed out, and now I'm failing at managing this. I failed with Bianca, and I failed being a good friend, and now it's just this. Alice is going to turn and walk out, (laughs) and Ernest is like, you talk to him. Uh, That's a positive way of dealing with Alistair. Okay. Ernest is going to come over and like lean against one of the benches and look at Jeremy. He's like, what do you mean you, you failed, Jeremy? I don't finish. I didn't finish school. And then, well, school matter. I didn't finish vet school because I bail out before I've actually finished anything. Yeah, I can't. I can't stick it. I can't. I'm just not good at anything. No, it's because you bail out, Jeremy. You haven't given yourself the time to actually get good at anything. Are you going to quit here tomorrow? Because then you'll never be good at running here because you'll bail out. You got to learn to stick with things. And that's when you learn to actually get good at things. No one's good at a relationship straight away. If you bail out straight away, then you're never actually good at it. Maybe. But what am I supposed to do now? Yeah, I can stay here. I can keep working, assuming they don't fire me because... What am I supposed to do about Gordy? Ernst is going to hand him... A little card that has a like place written down on it, and past names like, "Come see me in the morning. We'll talk about Gordy. We'll work out what we're gonna do." Yep. All right then. 
I guess that'll, uh, I'll do that. Thanks. Alistair walks back in and he's carrying two, like, really big bottles of, like, liquid Slurpee mix to, like, restock. And he puts them down and puts them on the shelf underneath. And he's like, I'm sorry we couldn't do more for you today, Jeremy. No, man, it's fine. You tried. And that's the main thing, I guess. There'll be a next time. Yep. All right, Hopefully well, not I'm with giant enough. bats, though. But uh, I suspect uh, that's going to be a reoccurring problem. Anyway, well, I'm going to close up. So I'll see you guys later. Ernest walks out of the place, letting Jeremy lock up and goes to his motorbike, which is parked next to Alistair's car, and is going to lean against it and wait for Alistair to come over. Alistair's another five minutes because he has a lot of slurpy mixture to unload. And when he's done that and locked up, say goodbye, Jeremy, he comes out and joins you and leads against his car. <sighs> that was rough. Mm. So we didn't really... Fix the bat problem. I guess that's just another area of where we don't really see eye to eye, I suppose. I didn't think I real I didn't realise I'm not sure if you've noticed Alistair, like I I've done a pretty good job of keeping it under ramps, but uh uh this is really difficult. I've what, been the whole being dead thing. No, no. Just the fact I was on my own for basically two years. I was with Carrion for a, a bit. I was with Winston for a good bit, but they're not, they were only partly there. Their minds were set on other events, future events. They weren't like hanging around with a normal person. They, You talked to them when they wanted to talk to you about something that they wanted. Yeah. And now I'm back. And there is just so many people. <laughs> yeah. The real world's like that, huh? There are people everywhere doing every little thing and Port Staples has changed and you've changed and then I'm here. And I don't think I realised that till we were doing this stuff. We didn't handle that very well today. No. And I say we because it, it wasn't just you because I should have listened to you as well. I guess, I suppose for my part, I've been functioning in a team where I get told what to do, which, I mean, you know. It took some getting used to, but I, I got there. Um, and I guess I kind of took too far the fact that I'm kind of on my own at the moment because I'm not, because you were there and the kids were there. I think I wanted to solve the problem so much that I, well, we put them in danger because... We couldn't agree on anything. I think that's just the difference. Tear, as far as I know, is all about solving the problem. And I don't really see it like that. I see it as establish a norm, establish contact, establish... That's all I'm here to do. I'm here to create treaties and give warning. That's all I'm able... Re that's all I can do. I, think I don't. I don't have... I'm from... The sound of stuff, the other people you work with, I don't have superpowers. Well, you kind of do. I can see people's past. That helps so much in fighting people. I can, I can, underst I can understand their past trauma. I can use that against... It's, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's not manipulative. No, no. I agree with you. I think finding, finding an, 
neutral ground is really important and finding a peaceful solution is always the best solution. It it doesn't work all of the time. No. And that's and I, great. I agree that I probably push it too hard because Jeremy could have gotten hurt there. You could have gotten I I saw I don't, I don't I don't need to. All right. Never mind. But also I was so adamant to go in quick that we didn't notice that Mighty Duck went in and then we had to improvise and we were on the back foot. So I messed that up there too. Food for thought. And he's going to like put one leg over his motorbike. We don't need to solve it tonight, Alistair. It's it's not now or never type of thing. It's we for once have time. And he switches on his motorbike. You're right. I am very tired as well. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright. I would like to roll again on my mm-hmm. right hand, Aubrey, before oh, yes. I get in my car to see if I notice anything. That's a three. You're quite tired. You kind of, as you focus, you kind of feel a little of the tingle okay. of something, but that's about it. All right. No, you're not sure. Alistair gets in his car and drives off into the night. And then he looks up at the moon and he's like, is that a bat with a goblin riding it? Is that cheese? There you go. Episode seven, a grand day out.